welcome to the Way of Oneness. Hi everyone, I'm Christopher Kakuyo Sensei, and I'm a Sensei of the Salt Lake Buddhist Fellowship. We are an independent, transsectarian, all-inclusive American Sangha in the Mahayana tradition. The Way of Oneness podcast is a collection of our Dharma talks, delivered at our Salt Lake City Fellowship Sangha. Enjoy the Dharma talk. The first one is from uh, Susan McHenry, and she is a meditation teacher. Quote, deep listening is more than hearing with our ears, but taking in what is revealed in any given moment with our body, our being, our heart. End quote. And then this one from Frank um, Ostaeski. He's one of the founders of Zen Hospice in San Francisco. Um, and he says, we understand the power of human presence and how that human presence can be expressed through listening. And listening is a way of healing. When we listen in a devout way, we bring forth the truth from the other. Non-judgmental listening allows us to access parts of ourselves that were somehow unavailable in the past. End quote. So I've been thinking a lot lately about listening. Actually, I think about listening a lot. For many years, I thought I was a good listener. And over time, I've realized that that is not always true. Um, I think sometimes most of us have a high opinion of our listening skills, and we have a tendency to think that we're better listeners than we are. I know I know that the Buddha Dharma has helped me become a better and more compassionate listener, but it is Buddhist practice, not Buddhist perfect. I first came across the idea of listening as practice in Tatetsu Uno's book, River of Water, River of Fire, and I had never heard the concept of deep hearing or manpo to listen to the Buddha Dharma. What he was talking about was more on a metaphysical plane than what I took away from it. I can appreciate what he was sharing and compare it to the soundless bell that Reverend Guillaume Sensei writes about in the Center Within, where he invites us to hear the sound of the soundless bell. At the same time, I also look at it not only in the metaphorical and metaphysical sense, but in the more mundane, daily kind of life practice of hearing the call of the Buddha in each person I meet, the call to be present with one another. In American Buddhism, we talk a lot about being in the present moment, which I refer to as the flow of now. When we talk about being in the present moment, what we're talking about is ultimately presence, being present, the act of being present in body, in mind, and in spirit. For those that still may be wondering, who are relatively new to Buddhism, what is the point of meditation? What is the purpose of meditation? The purpose is to learn how to just be. When we meditate, we are cultivating attention. We're cultivating the ability to be present in the experience of right now with a calm, abiding, 
acceptance of what is, what is happening right now, right here. The same cultivation we practice, meditation is the same practice as is deep listening. Some in our fellowship have become part of the Sidewalk Talk. Um, it's a national organization that has a chap that has chapters nationwide, whose motto is, quote, we belong to one another, so let's take time to be kind and listen to one another. So Sidewalk, sidewalk Talk basically makes themselves available just to listen. And it takes place at the uh, library in Salt Lake City. And some of our members in our fellowship are, are members of Sidewalk Talk. And we are always looking for more to participate in the group. To simply just listen to someone. Somebody can come up and say, yeah, will you listen to me? And we say, I'd love to. So think about that. You're at the library and somebody comes up and they want to talk to you. They want to share something to you. What do you think would be some of the challenges of them doing that? They say something that's totally opposite of what you believe. Like the deepest held beliefs that you have. And somebody says something that is diametrically opposed. So um, there's another group, Urban Confessionals, that's, that started up in Los Angeles um, years before this. And they were talking about, especially in L.A., there can be some triggering going on, especially over issues of abortion, LGBT rights. And all of a sudden somebody says LGBT people should not have rights. And if you are of the LGBT community or an ally, that could be very triggering. Or I do not believe in a woman's right to choose. And a woman was sharing an experience she had when um, she was doing this just listening. And the, the woman was very animate about uh, being anti-abortion. The, the woman who was doing the listening said, it was really hard for me. It was really hard. Um, she was an activist in the community. She she uh, had, had worked for doctors before who offered abortions. And here's this woman. But as she listened to her and as she heard her experience, and as she told her how she came to this position, she understood where this woman was coming from. An abortion when she was really young, that she didn't want to get but her family forced her to get, which shaped her way of seeing the world. And in, in the end of the conversation, the woman who was listening said, she didn't change my point of view, but I saw her as another human being engaging in life and doing the best she could in her opinion and in her story. Listening is not about agreeing with somebody, and we have a tendency to listen to those that we agree with. It's called the echo chamber. Okay? Liberals hang out with liberals. Conservatives hang out with conservatives. And nobody's listening to each other. We don't tend to hear voices that are different than ours. We self-select. This, this is why sidewalk talk is such a great opportunity for practice because it puts us out there in an environment where we are going to talk to people who are different than us. That's the beautiful thing of our fellowship, is that we come from all different backgrounds and different experiences, and we come together in community where we do listen to one another. We do listen from different perspectives. 
I always try to remember when it comes to listening and compassionate listening, what it says from our practice manual. It says, in compassion, we do not keep others from what they are doing or for what they are thinking. Our only concern is for the suffering that is there. But it might be said it's about changing hearts. That is the way we want to be aware that listening is not about our own agenda. It is simply being present and trying to understand another human being just as they are. Listening does not in itself fix anything from family disputes to conflicting nations, but what it does is it creates a space where we can see the other subjectively, more like us than, than not, more as an object to befriend, not defeat. We talk a lot about our stories and our fellowships and how our stories limit us. First of all, our stories are not inherently bad. On one level, when we embrace the teachings of the Buddha, we are restoring, restoring, wow, that was a big one, um, or restoring our lives with a more skillful and open-ended narrative. It is the unexamined stories that can cause the most wounding and can be the most assiduous. But it is hard to examine our stories if no one has listened to us in the first place. There is something about telling our stories for the first time and someone else hearing them and holding them with love that allows us to hear them ourselves for the first time. I appreciate this from Ram Das. Quote, For someone deeply trapped in a prison of thought, how good it can feel to meet a mind that hears and a heart that reassures. It's as if a listening mind is in and of itself an invitation to another mind to listen also. End quote. But the invitation needs to be offered. We have a tendency to talk, talk way too much when we should be listening. There's a wonderful expression in Stoic philosophy that goes, you were born with two ears and one mouth for a reason. End quote. Many times when we listen, we especially, uh, especially to something that's very personal, we have a desire to help. That's when we tend to get autobiographical. Something like that happened to me. It was about three years ago. Blah, da, da, blah, da, da, blah, blah, blah. Who has just become the center of attention? It's no longer the person we're listening to. We shift it quickly and we become the center of attention. It's hard to feel heard if someone else is speaking. So many of our problems are storytelling problems. We have such an unconscious need to interject our stories into every situation at the expense of other people's stories and even more importantly, at the expense of presence. I know at times I do. Understanding this, our practice is to listen deeper, to speak less, to sit with intimacy of not knowing, and allow ourselves to see what happens when we shift our center of communication from the speaking to the listening. In a certain way, we are very dependent on one another. We need each other to listen to each other. 
This is a great act of compassion. I think that is never more important than right now. To listen to another, to listen deeply to another, can be a great act of compassion. And I love this quote from Dave Oxberger. Being listened to is so close to being loved that most people can't tell the difference. End quote. Right speech, ennobling speech, is right listening. I think an implied and important part of enable, ennobling speech or skillful speech is noble listening. Listening without judgment, being present and hearing what is inspired maybe by anger, negativity, or even gossip are all simply forms of suffering. Cultivating deep listening allows us to practice right and ennobling speech. Really, listening to another suffering, their insecurity, their fears, can ease that same suffering. The hardest part of suffering is not the suffering, but the feeling that we are suffering alone. We all cry out in different ways, but rarely do we simply say, hey, I'm really hurting here, and I don't know why. A while back, I noticed that I kept bringing something negative up about a work situation over and over again, and I realized that the issue wasn't with the situation, but was with the fact that who I was telling about it wasn't listening to me, wasn't acknowledging my experience, how hard it had been, so I consciously and unconsciously kept bringing it up again, hoping that he would eventually hear what I was saying, that he would acknowledge my suffering. I wonder how many of those in our lives that we call negative, those that are constantly harping on the same thing over and over again and we wish they would just let go of it, I wonder if that the issue isn't the situation that they keep complaining about or bringing it up, but it is that they don't feel heard. Maybe it is not their anger or negativity, their callousness or their sarcasm. What they are really calling out for is inviting us to listen to what is underneath all these behaviors, all these labels we affix to them. And do we affix such labels to others as an excuse? Not to listen? I don't know. Maybe. So how do you think right listening manifests in our everyday lives? For me, the call of the Buddha to be compassionate would also be a call to listen. Listening is a way for us to open ourselves up to other people and to ourselves. We are following the challenge of Thich Nhat Hanh, who has written, quote, we surely have not cultivated the art of listening and speaking. We do not know how to listen to each other. We have little ability to hold an intelligent or meaningful conversation. The universal door of communication has to be opened again. End quote. This is much more than hearing someone. It is lip listening deeply to them and their suffering and not turning away. Reverend Guillaume and Tambutsuge wrote, quote, Listening is a fundamental understanding in Buddhism. To hear connotates the eye hears. It is an ego-subjective way of hearing. 
To listen, on the other hand, is to be aware, to attend, and has no tinge of ego in it. Deep listening is beyond ego, beyond judgment. It's only concerned with the suffering that is there. That is why on our altar we have Quan Yin, the one who hears the cries of the world and does not turn away. The practice of deep listening is exemplified by this Bodhisattva, and we follow her example and have faith that is Thich Nhat Hanh writes, while listening, you know that only deep listening can relieve the suffering of the other person. Aware of the suffering caused by the inability to listen to others, I vow to cultivate loving speech and deep listening in order to bring joy, happiness to others, and relieve others of their suffering. This is exactly the universal door practiced by Quan Yin. This deep listening to another person is another way of deep hearing, of listening to the Dharma. It's a way of embodying the Buddha Dharma in practice. So let's cultivate a deep listening in our practice. How? First and foremost, by establishing a regular mindful or meditation practice. This is where we can cultivate the ability to listen deeply to our own interior experience, giving ourselves the gift of presence, allowing what needs to be heard to be heard. Those voices inside our own hearts, underneath the stories we make to protect ourselves, that are whispering out. They've been experiencing them whispering out from our true heart of experience. The second way is to look for opportunities for presence, realizing that deep listening is more about presence than about anything we can say. As Catherine Dowling Singh has written, this is meditation with open eyes. Deep listening is Buddhism in action. So I'm a part of um, a group at the University of Utah called No One Dies Alone. And the idea of no one dies alone is that people who are terminal, people who are dying, a lot of nurses really would love to have the time to be able just to sit with them, to sit with somebody in their last moments, especially someone who doesn't have family or for some reason family can't be present. And, and it is simply about presence. A lot of times you're not even aware if the, if the patient even knows you're there. Um, some of them can be completely out. And there is a story of, of one woman just sat with a patient for about four days, didn't wake up, he didn't say much. Um, and then she was getting up to leave on the fourth day, and he spoke to her, and he said to her, thank you, thank you for not reading, thank you for not knitting, thank you for not being on your phone." Thank you for just being with me. Deep listening is about presence. It's about being with somebody. It's not about coming up with answers. It's not about saying the right thing. It is not about giving somebody a solution to their problem. It is about presence. Right now, I want you to ask yourself, 
Is there someone in your life that needs to be heard? Is there someone in your life that needs to be listened to? It could be your child. It could be your spouse. It could be your best friend. It could be your brother or your sister. Here is a field of practice that is presented to you. I love this from Ty when he encourages us to, quote, remaining present with the person or people you are in conversation with and to listen with ultimate compassion allows them to empty their hearts, end quote. Love that. Is that not part of what we're longing to be heard? Is that longing not a desire to unburden ourselves from that which has weighed us down since we were eight? Is that not what deep listening affords us the opportunity to do? Let us help each other empty our hearts so that they can be filled again with compassion and joy and reveal their innate luminosity. I want to close with an excerpt from a poem from Rumi, titled, Listening. What is the deep listening? Sama is a greeting from the secret ones inside the heart. A letter. The branches of your intelligence grow new leaves in the wind of this listening. The body reaches a peace. Rooster sounds, calms, reminding you of your love for dawn. The reed flute and the singer's lips, the knack of how spirit breathes into us becomes as simple and ordinary as eating and drinking. There is a moon inside every human being Learn to be companions with it. Give more of your life to listening. As brightness is to time, so you are to the one who talks to the deep ear in your chest. I should sell my tongue and buy a thousand ears when that one step near begins to speak. May it be so. Namo Amida Butsu. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The Way of Oneness is produced by the Salt Lake City Buddhist Fellowship, an all-inclusive, trans-sectarian American Sangha in the spirit of Bright Dawn Way of Oneness Buddhism. To learn more about the fellowship, please contact us at saltlakebuddhist.org. Our website will give information about meetings and other services that we provide the community. Again, thank you for listening.